This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know What is poppin' everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast. And you know, I'm here with my only friends. And of course, by number two, even though he's got some shit to do today, you know, he's gonna be in and out. He's in the fucking building. What's poppin'? You sound sadder and sadder every day that you say, my only friends. That's because he realizes how bad of friends I, we are. I feel like every day, like, there's one fewer only friend or something of that nature. Oh, it's kind of true. <laughs> just, one person just drops out every fucking day. Mm-hmm. Yo, I was thinking about this in the gym today. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, random random aside, uh, I'll start things off with a tangent, but, like, do you... Christian's the runner. That's what I just... <laughs> I literally just said that. Holy shit. I literally said that. 10 minutes I'm ago like, before I'm you like got mid-set here. I'm like mid-set listening to yesterday's <laughs> podcast and it just dawns on me like, because I'm thinking to myself like, how dope would it be uh, like for me to be the runner where I would be on air every day throwing off like, throwing off the scent, but like, you know, I get like the virtual background, like the, the VR background where it looks like I'm in studio every mm-hmm. day, but really I'm in like Albuquerque. And then it dawns on me, I'm like, I haven't seen Chin since this fucking contest started. <laughs> right, exactly. To stop your tangent for a minute, we are joined by the one and only Johnny Vibes today. Is he the runner? Johnny. I don't think so. Johnny. No, I'm definitely not the runner. <laughs> what do you know about rabbit hunting? <laughs> rabbit hunting? Oh, okay. So, yeah, I've been keeping up with it a little bit. It's honestly very exciting. And I didn't catch up with your episode yesterday, so I'm a little bit behind. Saw there's been some new stuff. But, yeah, it's, it's just great to be in studio. I know I'm not an only friend. It's, it's really nice being a fringe friend. <laughs> you know? You're a Jason. You're a, yeah. fr- you're a friend of the uh, I was talking about this the other day, and um, I was talking to Emma about it, and she was, like, kind of suggesting some people that we could potentially have as guests. And I was like, you know, you're not wrong. Like, they would make for good guests, but so far we've, we've mostly done this on our own, and the people that we've welcomed in, welcomed in have been, like, within our circle. And I kind of like that. Like, I kind of like this idea of the concept of the show isn't that it's an interview show or that, like, anybody who's relevant uh, just gets a seat at the table. More so, it's, like, people that we would genuinely qualify as friends and then specifically, like, experts on a subject, right? Mm -hmm. So, it's, like, if, you know, something goes down in the crypto space and we have access to... uh, Uncle Dan. Well, Uncle Dan's great because he fits both metrics, but, like, more so somebody like... uh, what's his name colby or oh okay whatever i have a friend like that but it's rare yeah so it's like you know if it's just a sheer expert like fine yeah i see they should get the platform but you know we we have so many fucking podcasts it it keeps the chemistry flowing too like when when you have a rapport with someone already and it's so much easier for me to come on here i have personal relationships with all you guys so yeah just shooting the shit is just an easy thing to do it's a conversation not an interview yeah Yeah, exactly we, we just out here chilling like we were fucking last night yeah, that, that shit was popping last night. I don't know what Joey did last night. He was on the horn though. He he got he must have texted everybody in his phone. He's like, "Yo, come on down, come on down." Seaver, Cruck, like everybody showed out and showed up last night. It was a lot of fun. Cruck was a one man uh, wrecking crew, man. <laughs> 
he Keating, fucking Keating was there. He sent Keating. Landon home. He sent Conrad home. He sent me home. He fucked us all up. <laughs> <laughs> he just flopped the joint on me, and I just remember trips. He owns like ten percent of Sulfur Y now. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Chris Crook annual yeah. meetup game. Yeah, that was, that was fucking dope. Robbie J. Lou was there. <laughs> Arguably one of the biggest names in poker right now. Uh, easily the hottest name for sure. Yeah, so all the stars were out. I mean, you don't expect to see Alan Keating at a you know two five no limit or a, whatever the PLO game was. Yeah. I heard he was raising blind every hand, oh, potting okay. it blind. Yeah. Games are off the hook, Johnny. I don't know what table you were at. My my table was more tame. I uh, I got up from the table a couple times and people were, like the even the floor walked up to me and they're like, hey, people are asking how do they get in these games and I was like, go ask Joey because I I have no idea how people are getting <laughs> in these games. It was honestly like a race and musical chairs at the start where there's open tables and then everyone who sat down had a seat. I just mm -hmm. followed Seaver. Yeah. I knew where Seaver went was going to be the party. That, that was facts. That <laughs> Whenever Seaver facts. went, I was joining his party. He just he was just all in every hand and then borrowing off a crux stack because <laughs> he never lost any fucking pots. <laughs> this miserable fuck. <laughs> Out here getting fucking drunk, taking everybody's money. I thought your tweet kind of like um, summed it up pretty well for the night. It said, highlights of Joe Ingram's meetup game. One, switching to PLO so Dylan Weissman had a chance. <laughs> the God said otherwise. Yo, why you got this AI bot of me? <laughs> yes. It's yes. on deck. <laughs> Two, Seaver telling me he was all in blind unless Landon and V pipped. Landon limps, Scott's spite folds Queen Jack. That's a power move, by the way. <laughs> so don't sick. don't discredit that. That might be the highlight of the night for anybody. Like, I, I know Landon's a little little uh, sensitive around this subject, but like, <laughs> as somebody who's been in the gambling industry for twenty years and has ha have seen many uh, talents come through that take a lot of pride in said talent, mm -hmm. there's nothing that feels better than the fuck you. I'm not giving you action for. <laughs> I mean, I gave everybody so much action in the 15 minutes I was there. Did that, did that hand actually show down? Did, did Landon's head show down? I, I wasn't there. I think he was all in with Ace Deuce. Landon got kind of forced to gamble. Okay. He was like, you know, if you were going to sit here, you know, you got to be fun. Yeah. It sounded like he rocketed it off. And then he I just mean, rocketed it off the first three. It wasn't, it wasn't an issue of, of playing too few hands, that's for sure. I saw Landon's tweets, something about like all days aren't going to be good or no, something. No, I was fucking, I would listen, I was being miserable. I, I, I was, I was, <laughs> now, Landon, to your, credit, to your credit, you left before you got miserable. Like, no, nah, I didn't want to ruin everyone's fun. No, nah, I'm just, I'm, bro, I need to fucking grow up. What the hell? <laughs> what the fuck? It was a great fucking day. I went to the gym twice. I fucking want the, the, stuff. Yeah, the what's wrong with The him? context of the tweet idiot. was hilarious because, now. like, I gave him really loose action on a running bet that he had just beaten me in hours prior. <laughs> and then, like, he loose. You can't, you can't, okay, you did give me loose action. You can't, you can't say, you can't word it like that. I, I was not confident in my side. I said I thought I won like 25% of the time. I was shocked when we went to the gym today to hear both Rob and Scott, Scott say they thought you would be somewhere between seven and eight minutes. Yeah. Really? Wow. I wasn't that confident in my side. I, yeah. I thought I was going to be like teetering with a second or two. Yeah. What, what was the over under? Rob said, Rob said 8.30. So if you guys didn't know, they basically had a bet. Um, Landon and Berkey had a bet that Landon can run a mile when his back got healed for under seven minutes. And he smashed it. With was relatively no training, right? Zero. Zero, Zero training. training. Wow. I could like I did I was not allowed to run a mile and time it. And when I ran, I was not allowed to have a timer. I just had to run cold and But you did kinda of have a timer. 
No, no, he didn't okay, have so music. Okay, so anyways. Oh, he didn't have music. <clears throat> so oh, I was okay, supposed okay. to have music. Like, I was allowed to have music. I left my phone at the start. And with Bluetooth, <laughs> it does not connect all the way around the track. Mm -hmm. oh, so rough. after the first five seconds, my music turned off. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> now I just don't have any music. But I can't say, oh, stop the count, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back and put my music Honestly, and hold my you, phone. You ran it so fast that you could have. <laughs> I could have gone back to get the phone and then do it, but I, I was kind of at a point where I didn't know. I thought it was a, there was a small chance you might say I finished like, oh, unlucky buddy, 705, kind of as a joke. But I didn't know how fast I was going and if it was even close to seven minutes. But I wanted to push myself in the sense of I wanted to try as hard as I could and not really sandbag and say, oh, man, I got 650. It was really close. Let me try to get 630 and like try to get more action. Where it was just about yeah, trying that, to beat myself. Yeah, I, I think it's a testament to how good a shape you're in. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I know Berkey's had an influence on you, but you guys are more than poker influencers. You guys are actually fitness influencers. At the, as fitness that's that's influencers. all I want to be, man. Stop. Stop. Johnny, please stop No, it's it. true. Johnny. Lynn is posting eggs on, he's posting his diet regimen. You know, Berkey's posting his chiseled chest, you know? Like. No, that's fake. I can't take this. The whole reason we keep our shirts on is so that when we start our round of steroids, they won't liver king us. <laughs> listen, listen. Look at that. So shirt, many man. people did oh. not know that's AI. Like, the nipple is protruding through the shirt. Of course, it's a cartoon. Wait, hold on. If you were on steroids, your nipple would look like that, right? Uh, depends if I get gyno or not. Maybe you cut a little hole in your shirt, you know, just to show a little oh, For nip. those live streams, maybe. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. coming out flexing. That's exactly. the winstrel cycle. Man. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but real talk, people have reached out and a said... A lot of people have. They've asked me for, like, call it diet, training routine, this, that, whatever. And it's like, honestly, like, how do... One of, like, the biggest questions I get <clears throat> is, how do you do it? And my answer is always the same. Like, you just, you just do it's not one of these things where you have to work up to it. You just start, you choose to start today. Mm. And then that's how you navigate throughout. It wasn't I mean, easy key, at the start. Low key, you guys have had an effect on my outlook and, mm -hmm. you know, obviously health as well. And, and when you, this is actually something that I heard recently that I found really interesting. Like if I ask you, like, what are your goals for the next year? Or what are some big things you want to accomplish? Or like, what are your biggest dreams even? People are like, that can list off so many things. Like, oh, I want to win a WSOP or I want to uh, make X amount of dollars or whatever. But if you ask someone who's sick, has cancer, you know, has some serious ailment, autoimmune disease, number one, always out of the gate, I want to be healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that's the first thing that they say. So even yeah. us, like we have these big dreams. If we came down with something, our first thing would be, we want our health. So I think it's a great example that you're setting and it's even having an effect on me. Yeah, I, uh, I saw like a, just from Instagram reels, there was a kind of, I guess, gym talk slash motivational thing where someone talked about that and the priorities of things that are important. And then someone says, money. He's like, well, money's probably gonna leave on your top five. Cause let's say I give you a million dollars and you die tomorrow, right? Let's say I give you a million dollars, but someone from your family, dies tomorrow well you're kind of you're you're kind of stretching though because the reason why money is always the answer is because the other things that we prioritize are facilitated by money so the reason you're able to do this 
heavy regiment where you are overseen by a, a professional and you're able to dedicate, you know, four to six hours a day to this is because you're financially free. Yeah, I have time. Yeah. If, if you were a slave to the nine to five, like yeah. this just wouldn't be an Working option. 10 hour days. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Family to take care of it. Tom, Tom Brady is a perfect example. Like he, he is investing his money back into his health. I, mm -hmm. I, I would really love to know what the money that he spends per year on whatever his regimen is. I think is. it was uh, LeBron came out and said that he spends a million a year. LeBron yeah. uh, spends a million? I think so. Uh, it was either a million a year or a million a month. It was something it was, stupid. Yeah. It, it seemed like it might be more month. than a million a year. Uh, I mean, a million a year is a lot. Like course, I invest yeah. pretty heavily in my health and I spend mm -hmm. like 12K a year, which yeah. a lot of people think is like egregious. You know, I'm spending thousand a month, five k. Yeah, give or take, I'd probably spend like uh, four hundred a month on the gym, uh, maybe like three hundred a month on supplements, and then I guess I'm not counting food, right? Because no, foods, you have to eat. Everyone yeah, it's, spends it's but I might spend like ten percent markup on my food, right? Um, yeah, little things food. like that. But yeah, probably like twelve k a year. This is your cue. This is your cue, Conrad. Oh, no, you he heard the it. word, right? You heard the word markup. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh shit. This is why this is why this is why Johnny's on the show. This is why Johnny's a French friend. Johnny's the real number one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, relax, relax, bro. So, you guys heard it. There's markup shit going down. Mm -hmm. It seems that LaPlante post for 1.5 for the 10K WPT this month. And um there was a couple people that, you know, they didn't really like that. It seemed that Hooney offered to cross, or I'm sorry, to book him at 1.5, which that bet was accepted. But then going on, Deeb also offered a bet him. And that's where things got a little haywire. It was just like, um, to start, it was Deeb offered to bet him at 1.5 for this tournament. And then it turned into Deeb betting him at 1.5 for the whole 2020 year, 2023. But somehow it's not a bet yet. I'm not sure exactly what happened there. Do you guys know anything like more? I'm, I'm reading it now. I actually just replied to the thread. Uh, so <laughs> they they didn't they didn't settle. Uh, they took it to DMs, I guess. Uh, Laplante said, "Consider this action booked." Sean Deep said, "Incorrect," and basically said he's trying to play a ton of low stakes stuff. Ninety five percent of his tournaments are low buy-ins. I just want a reasonable percent of buy-ins to be mid to high stakes. Basically, where he's saying he's not justified at one point five. Uh, and I said, can't you guys just settle on a floor amount of buy-ins, call it like 500K. Um, and it seems like that was discussed, but neither side would budge. And then LaPlante just said, uh, so instead to keep things simple, I agreed on his initial bet of a flat 10% at 1.5 of all my live action. He didn't have any stipulations on it. I, I don't know if that means that they have agreed to this or if he's basically just pointing out that Sean didn't start with any stipulations and now he's kind of working his way back I'm, into stipulations. I'm pretty sure it's the latter. The latter, I think so too. Um, I, I think that this should just be very quickly mediated because uh, it, it seems as though both of them are being a little bit too selfish on each other, on each side. Yeah, I mean, like, there was a lot of people that came to the comments that were like, you offered him a bet, Sean. Now accept it. Yeah, that's fair, but like Sean's clearly indicating that Ryan's not beating 1,500 pluses yes, or, or yes, 2,500 pluses true. for 1.5. Yes. Not the, the uh, you know, the $400 circuit event that's going to run at Bally's. Of course, you're 1.5 in that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we do know that Ryan is a, a volume junkie. So if he's putting 80 to 90% of his volume into buy-ins sub-1,500, then, like, yeah, I love his side. Yeah. He's smashing it. He might be, you know, 2.0, 2.5 in those. Uh, I, what I find to be fascinating about this whole endeavor is 
when you turn it on its head and say like, okay, would you buy yourself at 1.5? Theoretically, the answer very well could be yes, but he's selling and he's selling for a reason, right? Like it's because he wants to lessen his variance. So turning it on him and saying like, book yourself now 10% at 1.5, like what weird fucking world are we in where he's selling like (laughs) he's selling like a quarter of himself or half of himself at 1.5 and then he immediately has to redistribute and buy that action back at the same price so now he's not selling actually really at all for the rest of the year well he's he's at least lessened uh the amount that he's selling right no matter what so uh either he's gonna have to increase now the total amount that he sells in order to neutralize that yeah or he's just gonna have to be more exposed and from deep side, obviously, he wants him to be more exposed because that's the 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 spirit of the bet. Deep loves these bets, man. They're good bet. I, this is the way the gambling community should uh, should operate. Like Andrew Barber talks about this all the time. People run their fucking mouths. Uh, th- th- <laughs> sorry, that's not that's not an aggressive. That's not uh, directed at LaPlante. But it's true though. The community as a whole, they run their mouths. Yeah. And then the second somebody says like you're wrong, they either dig in and are unwilling to move, but also unwilling to bet on their side, or when propositioned with a bet, they just back down and realize like, I, oh, I was I was out of line here. I know somebody that dug in and bet. Go on. My boy Johnny. Oh shit. My man Johnny said, nah man, what do you want to bet? What, what so what yeah. was your bet with Deep? Uh it was it was a simple bet. Uh basically I knew that I was going to be playing the weekend tournaments, you know, the Monster Stack, the Millionaire Maker, the Colossus, uh, the opening event. All the, all the weekend warrior fun events you yeah, have to play. Yeah, like I was out here to be a weekend warrior in these tournaments. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I was a cash game player at the time, pretty much. And I knew that Deeb wasn't going to be taking those events that serious because like he's always like multi-tabling. On his iPad. Yeah, he's trying to win, <laughs> he's trying to win player of the year. And yeah. uh, I'm just trying to do well in these specific weekend tournaments. And when I really thought about that, I'm like, I'm gonna be registering early on in these tournaments. He might max late reg these things. Mm-hmm. So I actually thought that I would be in a good spot to win a bet for mutually played events. And my markup was 1.38 at the time. So that was for the main event, the monster stack, the millionaire maker, the Colossus. So I felt like it was fair. And but, that was the reason why this bet came apart. About, yeah, right? he, he called me a scammer. Gotcha. So um, I didn't take too kindly to that word, of obviously. Course. So I said, I'm willing to bet you 5K that my uh, ROI will be better than your ROI in mutually played events, knowing that I wasn't going to be playing the events that he was playing yeah. um, and that he was going to be a dog in the events that I was playing based on late regging and not caring about them. So, uh, yeah, we agreed. But he said he wouldn't bet with me. He wouldn't bet with me because he thought I was a scammer and I needed to... Uh, escrow the bet and i was like well we both know joey ingram let's escrow with joey ingram he's like sure so i sent joey 5k that the day we made the bet okay and uh he he basically didn't really cash any of the tournaments that i cashed and i i pretty much cashed all of them (laughs) 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 including the main event so it was like it was kind of a clean i think i cashed the main event that year i I can't remember exactly but my roa was like roi was like 60 percent or something sweet and i um went to collect the bet from joey and joey's like deep never sent me any money <laughs> and i was like oh god that means i have to go directly to deep to get this money and like this is somebody that i've had poor discourse with mm-hmm. over on twitter someone who i'm not really excited about seeing or talking to so and you didn't know him before this bet right no no yeah. i didn't know him at all obviously he's east coast guy he's a yeah. tournament guy and i'm a west coast guy i'm a cash game guy so yeah, obviously right. we're not going to cross paths and uh so i was like you, 
I'm, I'm not letting you out of this. Like, I want you to honor the agreement. The agreement was that we escrow the bet. And like, he's like, if you want the money, you come get it from me. And I'm like, no, like you're going to honor the agreement. The agreement was we escrow. So it was a real pain. And he even was like, you know, talking trash to me on Twitter after I won the bet. So, uh, it was an unpleasant experience and it kind of made me realize that I just don't want to interact with him in my daily life. So I'm not going to make any bets with him. And I tweeted out Ryan suggesting that he doesn't make any bets with him just because it's a net negative for your mental health and your state of mind to do business with him, in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. How much did you guys bet? Uh, 5,000. So uh, one to one. Such a, such a small number. It's so silly. Did yeah, you, but that, that was a big number for me. At the no, time. no, no. I mean, no. from his side, like yeah. to, to make you jump through hoops to collect. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you um, agree on, like, did you guys talk about what tournaments you were going to play prior to that? I'm yeah, I had curious. a schedule out. I had, oh, okay. I had a schedule and uh, part of the, actually had to skip a couple of the Sunday tournaments because I had made day twos and day threes. Gotcha. Humble based rag. again. Yeah, nice line. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like my first, it was, it was, I didn't play a ton of volume and, you know, obviously more lately I've been playing more volume because like I mentioned before, my brother is gotten really big into tournaments yeah, and yeah. he steered me that way so it was a good first foray into kind of being a weekend warrior at the wsop and got my whistle wet well welcome to the dark side yeah <laughs> you're here forever now yeah. i was you once I, I don't know i still have a lot of pain though like when i when i bust out and you know something about tournaments just feels so unfair <laughs> this and, is so but, unfair but at the same time like I understand what I'm signing up for, so logically I understand it, and I move through it really quickly. But yeah, yeah. there's like thousands of thousands of players, right? And then only one winner. That's how so Landon feels like, about meetup yeah. games. It's <laughs> <laughs> so unfair. It's kind of how I feel about <laughs> life. Everybody's about disrespecting life. the fucking game and winning my money. Oh, I don't care about that, but in the sense of like knowing what you're signing up for. Mm. Like I knew what I signed up for. Like when I sat at that table with Kruk and Seaver, I should have known what was going to happen. And what happened exactly happened. What happened? What happened was I got called a chiseling nit. <laughs> <laughs> when I played every hand and then, uh, well, every that hand. Is, yeah. I played every hand that I went all in with. Like, it was just all in pre's. And for what it's worth, I always had at least, like, a good hand. But then I did get cooler about Scott had jacks. That was really jacks. a scam. Scott, Scott tried to get me to fold by saying he had aces when I just had nines. So I'm, not, I'm never <laughs> folding. And he just said, uh, is aces good? And I go, yeah. Uh, and then he flips over Jack. So I was like, well, those are also still good. So <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was... I'm, I'm happy to be the, uh, the, the child that needs to grow up in that spot where you guys can have a good time. It's fair. It was a great time, honestly. Yeah. We, didn't no, need, I'm serious. we didn't need you to be the child, honestly. You were good. You were fine. You just, you know. I was fine until I was sad. And then I realized, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? Just go lift weights. So that's he what said, I did. Am I allowed to leave yet? I was like, can I leave now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know if I was allowed to leave. I was only there for an hour too. I, I went there 3K in hand thinking like, this is a lot of money I'll do just fine. And an hour later, I'm busto. And that was after me busting Dylan Weissman. So I'm just like, well, I guess I go the way of land though. It was, uh, it was very funny because I brought $500 with me. Like that just didn't really, I just didn't bring that much money. First hand, I get stacked. Like lose the ace, eight versus ace, deuce versus Chris. Mm. And I'm like, can I have, I need more money. And then like Scott obviously screams, seat open. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to get more money and then was like, okay, have I lost enough money? Can I leave? They're like, yes, please leave. Seat now, seat now. And then 
yeah what a what a time to be so alive. where where does everybody fall in this bet whose side do you like if it if it gets facilitated so it's just can laplant beat 1.5 right, so here, i think we need to talk about what here's the last thing on. i said i i'm i'm now talking shit on the thread because i didn't <laughs> We weren't on topic here, and I couldn't talk shit on the mic. But uh, many such cases. Uh, this yeah. is not a difficult bet to facilitate. Like okay, the fact on. that they are deep into negotiations and DMs, and Whoa. they they have this much hate for one another and can't get terms of bet down, makes me think that they're both full of shit, and neither neither one of them the, wants to the bet. The problem is both of them have to budge. No, that's not. It's it's really not that at all. What is it? Then? Like nobody has to budge. The 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 gauntlet is. I don't think you're winning at 1.5 in events over X amount. And the response is, fuck you, yes I am, you're a bully. So it's just like, the the simple compromise here is play a year's worth of your volume and meet buy-in minimum of X. Whatever your, whatever that is, right? Like, we can easily look at last year's schedule and understand what all the high-value events are that are, call it 2K and above, mm -hmm. and estimate what those buy-ins come down to. Let's say it's 300K right? Okay, you want to have another 200k on top of that, a low buy-in stuff to try to even this out? Great, fine, who gives a shit, right? But Deeb knows that he ran his fucking mouth too much, and that LaPlante's printing at those small stakes, right? And he doesn't want to have to deal with that, because the point he's trying to make is that he's not printing at high stakes. But LaPlante's counter to that is like, well, if I'm printing in this one venue that you think I stink in, and I'm losing at this other, then who cares? You'll make money in the long run anyway. Right? So all that has to happen is that they settle on a minimum number of binds. This isn't fucking hard. Neither one of them want the bet because LaPlante's probably losing at 1.5 in higher binds and he's absolutely smashing these smaller binds. Yeah, so Deeb sure. doesn't want that side. I mean, and to be fair, I'm kind of with Deeb on that because I wouldn't want it to. There's no chance I want to bet LaPlante on a bet you, like that. You this. have to understand if he's destroying the smaller stake stuff. There's no way he's losing as badly as you think at the higher stake stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, and he's also never like I. But that that right there cancels Deeb's side, like because he's out here barking like a rabid dog. Yeah, I get what you're that saying. That Laplant's like selling three or four points beyond what he's capable of beating these fields for, and that's almost certain to be untrue if he's unwilling to take his action at smaller stakes too. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that gets lost is kind of uh, you know. Coming from an online background, as Deeb does, and, and a lot of these other guys that sell to reduce variance, they're thinking about uh, ROI as the function of markup. But I think in today's, today's day and age, there is, there's a market, and like people are allowed to, to, to set their prices high. Like People are allowed to sell their hoodies for $250, and if people are willing to buy those hoodies, then you know, then that was worth it to that person. If, if other, another person might say it's not worth it, Deeb saying that X markup is not worth it is just a function of, you know, a capitalistic environment where he's like saying, hey guys, my review on this is no good. And it's fine. People can take that information and, and use it to not buy, or they can say, you know what? I don't agree with him and buy, but I don't think it has to be this massive thing where like, People are called scammers. Yeah, I mean, and I think I that's the problem is that we've elevated Deeb to this level of markup police where suddenly he has the end-all, be-all say. And, right, like, he's, he's just going to be wrong a lot. Yeah. Right? And, like, when he's wrong, he doesn't apologize. You know, if, if Ryan is beating these fields for, like, call it 1.35, like, sure, Deeb is right, but he's not pillaging his audience, you know? Like, a 0.15% tax, like, 
who are we to judge? Basically, that's the way the free market works. If they don't want to buy, they just won't and, fucking and shouldn't buy. Shouldn't his time and his effort be built into the into the markup? I don't know how people think about this stuff, but like he's doing all the work, right? He's he's doing the studying, he's doing the play, he's putting his hours in. So like he, he probably wants compensated for that as well. So like if your markup is you think you're beating, like you said, one point three five, and you sell at one point five, maybe that's fair. I, uh, well, well fair, it, fair is negotiable, uh, right? Well, because fair, like, there's a million yeah. ways you can arrive at a mm -hmm. markup number. It right. doesn't matter. The market dictates. Right. People buy or exactly. they don't. Yeah. Horoscope like, like, like says. says. Like you are still yeah. running kind of like a business at the end of the day. And like nobody's going to sell T-shirts at, at uh, you know, zero margin. Right? right. Because like, why would you the do time, that? You're the times where this money. is justified, in my opinion, are when Phil uses his celebrity to leverage spots that not only is he not beating, but like he's stealing. Yeah. Right when he's selling for like one point four. Now we're talking about gouging, which is which is a whole whole different. Yeah, when thing, you're right? selling for one point four yeah. to a hundred k, where mm -hmm. you have a negative ROI, it's like right. This should be called out. Right, and you're leveraging your, your platform, your, yeah, your, your celebrity, platform, your yeah. celebrity yeah. to 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 uh, knowingly take advantage of people. It's I like think that's when a, it's somebody sells products but is taking PEDs. Yeah, well, I mean, sort of, but like, it's it's actually worse. It's like when people are selling faulty products, mm. right? So that's why we have peer Bitcoin, Latinum. Yeah, it's why. Well, it's why we have peer review stuff, right? So it's it's why we have uh, Yelp and you know Amazon reviews and all this other stuff, mm -hmm. so that you can forewarn people that they're getting a shoddy product. Right. right. And that is what Deeb is doing. But the problem is, he takes it to these extremes, right? Mm -hmm. like every time somebody posts a high markup. Uh, all of a sudden, like we have to hear from. He's Deep. also he's also one person, right? Like, uh, if you had the whole community give their input, then right. you would probably get a better. For what it's worth, there was a lot. Of, uh, there was a lot in the community like value, pushing like, back on this. And, oh, don't get me wrong. I think Ryan's markup is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I think it's absolutely. <laughs> well, on, I think it's insulting to professional say. poker players. Like, I don't think I'm winning at 1.5. I don't think that people who I believe to be better at tournament poker than me. Are winning at one point five in this, this event. specific event? Yeah, of course. Right. Yep. Even though it is going to be a very a lot of satellite. All the money is up like, top. It just right. doesn't matter. The final table will be absolutely riddled with very good players, mm -hmm. and there's also a ton of variance to it. It's like one point five is an egregious number, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I will say it's too, not the main event. Some yeah. people that do have opinions on these things in poker Twitter that see this are also not going to make a public statement, but will roast you in a group chat. Yeah. Like, oh, like this markup's fucking ridiculous. Like, have you have you seen this? Yeah. And like, you just keep it within your kind of subsect where you don't feel like you need to take the public platform of the Sean take of this is stealing. Well, to be fair, uh, I think we're just gonna keep it in this little group right now. Landon here. has <laughs> thirty-seven group chats that has. A to be fair, I think it's better served in the public sphere. Yeah. Uh, it, the messaging is just where I take issue when it comes right? to how calling you him a thief. It? Yeah, yeah calling different. him a thief is fucked yeah. up. Right. Yeah, you shouldn't do it. You know, like he believes he's one point five. He's allowed to believe he's one point five, and the market will say yes or no. They'll either mm -hmm. Not buy or they'll buy and if they right. buy then he's set a new high water mark for what people are capable of selling at like now shannon short can sell for 1.7 where maybe he only believes he's winning at 1.4 okay here's a question let's I'd say buy shannon short 1.7 let's say somebody has an opinion someone like with long-standing uh outreach in the community they have an opinion they say okay this is too high and then ryan says you want to bet on it and then you say yes but then like call it your financial amount that you would willing to bet isn't as high as a conviction that you have on a stance do you still have a stance? So it's like, I'm not sure, but I think this is high. Sure. Or, and that's reasonable? Yeah, why not? Okay. Uh, again, just, it's it's the vitriol that's behind the message of yeah. why it's too high. Right. It's This is a, you a scammer. You can just black and white say, like, I don't think you're winning at 1.5.
that's not that's not insulting. That's an opinion. It kind of sucks that like when somebody does post something like that, like everybody just tag Sean also. Right. Like, it it like, also becomes this lynch mob mentality of like, yeah. oh look, another high number. We have to crucify this person because they're a con artist and a thief. It's like yeah. that's not what Ryan's doing here. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then like Sean starts digging into things and saying like, your coaching is a scam and your play is a scam. I've seen hand histories from you. It's also anecdotal and it's clearly personal. Yeah. It's very mm -hmm. ad hominem esque yeah. attacks. What, what the fuck did you just say? It's ad an attack. Ad it's a it's Latin, Latin, bro. It's a logical Latin. fallacy. You wouldn't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, point being is if someone says, okay, I don't think you win at this, and then Ryan says, do you want to bet? And you say yes, and you make some sort of bet, your opinion is allowed to have standing. But if Ryan says, would you like to bet on that? And you say no. Yeah, I think you're just full of hot air. Right, then you just, you're just running your mouth. I, I also think there's an element on Ryan's part where when, if he does go into a bet with this, like this is gonna affect your, you're gonna have to deal with Sean and the, the energy of Sean betting with Sean <laughs> for an entire year. Right. You know, and yeah. like that, that is probably something that you should account for, you know, like not only are you putting a lot of financial stress on yourself by making this bet, but now you have this energy coming at you from all sides and it, it could help make you perform worse. It could affect your mental health and it, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it's not a bet that you have to make in my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, I you don't have to. Too. I mean, you can also see for your money, just take it. He honestly really doesn't have to because honestly, he's selling for a reason. Like, why are we, like, now he has to do more work to sell more pieces to yeah, like. Ryan's, Ryan's response simply could have been, we'll see if it sells. Like, oh, yeah. maybe you're, you're right. Saying. Maybe you're right. You might be right. Yeah. Maybe it's too high. We'll see if so it sells. Right. And if it is and he still has to sell, he's going to have to right? like, lower it. But he also, like, I kind of feel like he feels like he was back into a corner, like, when that no, happens. No, no, Yeah, totally agree. I like, totally he agree. Has he's to he's say, been attacked by Deeb in the past as well. So he wants to stand up for himself. And that part, I absolutely wholeheartedly stand by. He yeah. should do that. Absolutely. Uh, but, like, we've seen these corrections. You know, nobody bought Helmuth in the high rollers for the summer. Nobody. Right. He couldn't, he couldn't sell a cent. Right. And it's like, maybe that's a byproduct of us kind of educating the market, but it's also a byproduct of like, you know, him outpricing the market. Right. Nobody's silly enough to believe that he's winning at unrealistic ROIs in the toughest field. Or also, Can I buy the Berkey NATO at like 1.3 today? Uh, I'm sorry. What, what, the uh, Berkey NATO. What, what exactly is the Berkey NATO? That's, you. <laughs> that's that is what Live on the Bike has you on I, the fucking graphics. There's no way. Fucking, I hate... <laughs> There's no way. Come I on. hate their social marketing team. I, I love you guys. Shout out to everybody involved. But you guys do me dirty every fucking week. It's they, time for the Berkey data. Wait, wait. Look at the it's time for the Berkey data. Look at the pictures they pick. <laughs> did, they, did they use the AI? It's so much picture? better if they use the AI. They picked the worst shots of me from like on stream where like I'm surprised by something. Th that's or, exactly what this one is. I look <laughs> fucking based. I Berkey look like data. I'm brain dead. In every single photo that they choose, they you, they pick these weird, tacky, like kindergarten-y nicknames. Like out of the blue, they'll just call me like Big 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 Bet Perky, and we're betting, <laughs> we're playing like ten twenty no limit with three thousand in front of us. I like Big Bet like, Perky. You, you know what? I maybe, would maybe. empathize, but I saw the picture I got from the marketing team from Pigtails for OnlyFans Out Loud. <laughs> no, that was on purpose. The, we all got one yeah, of those. Everybody got the same picture. Look at them all. Yeah, no, yours and I, your mind was yeah, you definitely the worst, the worst. But that's because we're animated. Mm -hmm. We were yelling at someone for sure. <laughs> There's got, no you, doubt about that. YouTube, one. YouTube thumbnails actually work. As cringy as they are, you know when Doug Polk does his like, oh my god face, like <laughs> yeah. people actually click on that. Right. So that's true. I, I think that you should just embrace it as like 
a part of doing business, part of the game. a part of marketing, a part of the game. Well, you know, I, it, I would agree if these, if <laughs> with live of the bike, trust me, take a look at the, at the thumbs. They're not good. Listen, listen, Johnny, the Berkey NATO is coming for good, live of the bike. The Berkey NATO is coming for that. Look, I, I love these guys. I play there every fucking week, but they do me dirty. For Hardcore. For what it's worth, I think my favorite Berkey nickname is Big, Big Bet Berkey. Yeah, yeah I love Big Bet. Triple B. We're all behind that one. Yeah, the but B. it has to come from like it, it has to come from like an individual. Like when Joey says it, it's it's good. Like he adds a little flavor to it or whatever, right? When when Houston Curtis is throwing out the Big Bet Berkey, it's like ah, this is contrived. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I think it's just yeah. a source. I think it's just a source. Well, That's my good. point. It's like a little boomerish. You know, play big stakes. Can we? Can it's we pull up? Can we pull up some of these sulfur white thumbs? Thumbnails. I'm, I'm curious. I want to do a little grading of these thumbnails. Oh, right please. I, oh, I'm, I am so yes. here for this. Yes. I'm so here. No, I gave you a high quality it. thumbnail today, Johnny. Right. Oh, uh, I, I'm really impressed. Yeah, that, I, I, I'm happy with that. Why gave, the fuck does he talk about lighting and thumbnails when he comes here? These because, are the only things. Because he wants to keep getting invited back, Conrad. <laughs> Listen, the devil is in the details. That's you right. That's right. I'm, I'm paying close attention. The one I got for SETI tomorrow is... Yeah, honestly, uh, that shit was popping. Yeah, I'm out here, man. I, I'm I said so he was like, that's dope. Yeah, I'm gonna start using the 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 AI to start creating people's uh here we go. Oh, look at this. Look, just yeah. menu. Look at that titty. Yeah, these are great. You ain't like never seen a titty like that. Yeah, I, I like you know using people okay, so this one with Landon pointing. That's good. Oh, this mm. one with Conrad and his hands up in the air. That yeah, is a great that, That's one. all pigtails. The poker out loud <laughs> stuff is pigtails, they do uh, a great job. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's really good. Go stuff. up to Berkey's works so we can find something that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely somewhere I mail it in, I won't lie. Uh, you've been doing a really good job. Yeah, the Liver shows. King one is great. Yeah, like Thank I definitely you. want Thank to you. click on that one. While you guys are talking nicely about me, I'm gonna uh, casually exit out of here. I'll see you guys on Friday. Good luck, Berkey. Good luck, Later, Berkey. Good luck, good luck. big big bet, Berkey. I think <laughs> it's time for the Berkey NATO. It's time for the Berkey NATO. I, I love how he always cuts it so close to like. He, he loves being late. His flight is probably at 11.05. He likes that, like... His if, flight if, leaves if in 40 one, minutes. Yes, if one tiny thing goes wrong, he misses his flight. That's how he likes it. So right? he flies jets... Jets with Yeah, yeah. 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 And you can pull your car straight onto the, like, you, parking lot, right? They have yeah. a parking... They have parking right for there. you, yeah. Okay, so so from, from pulling into the parking lot to plane is maybe five minutes? Yes. <laughs> okay. Less. Probably, like... You just Literally. have to go get your bag checked and go say, "Oh, hey, I'm here for this flight." You don't even check your bag. You just walk yeah. up to the front desk and they swipe. They little they they swipe yeah. it. They swipe yeah. the bag. I'm, I'm still on that Southwest. You know that sixty nine dollar. It's way, nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's nice. So it's hard to beat, right? Yeah, especially I, I fly back and forth between Vegas and San Diego a lot, mm -hmm. and the San Diego airport is so amazing with PSA pre-check. I can get from the curb to boarding my flight within seven minutes. Oh yeah, wow. so there's no need yeah. for JSX. No, Never. but Vegas is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Vegas is, you know, is it, it? it's like 15 minutes. Oh jeez. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean going from Vegas back, like after you get your bags? Curb in Vegas to boarding your flight is sometimes 20 minutes, even with TSA pre-check. I just get TSA pre-check. Yeah, I've, I've I have some clear. I have clear, but you just can't use it everywhere. Oh, okay. Clear, clear's great. Clear from what I've nice. heard. Yeah, it's just. Pretty, check's also nice. It's, it's like hundred cool. bucks for the year, right? And you just get to. Well, I have skip global, global entry because it uh it, it also includes pre-check and global entry is really nice because I go to Mexico a lot. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And uh, coming back from Mexico, you just walk right in. That's Anytime nice. you go to Europe, you just bypass the hordes of people that are on your jumbo us, jet. Yeah. Because there's going to be a 200 people on your flight alone mm -hmm. waiting in line to clear customs in LAX. The last time that I went through LAX to get home, where was I flying from? I was flying from Cabo. And I walked through and 
because I have like the the card or whatever the uh, TSA uh, global entry. I don't even have to do anything. I literally walk up and it takes a picture of my face, and the the border patrol go, guy goes, "Welcome home, Johnny." Oh, that's <laughs> nice. And that's I'm cool. like, so nice. they know my name yeah. based on taking a like picture of my that's face scary. while I'm walking by. That is so scary. It's kind of nice though. You don't have to deal with asking the, mm -hmm. the questions. And uh, stuff. I was thinking about the other day because I forgot who I was with, but I think it was Jeno. Of course, it was Jeno. And like we had said something, and immediately it was maybe 30 seconds later, and it's something that we would never talk about. Like I would never see this. Should never see this shit on my Instagram feeds. It's just there. Yeah. And like, this is a joke. Yeah, they're listening to us right now, man. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yo, the pirates. The buckos. We're, we're going to do a little jumping let's, around let's today. Let's get those buckos uh, emotes in the, in the chat. Please don't put stinks afterwards. <laughs> the pirates got the number one pick. Maybe they won't stink in uh, like five years. No, that's when they let's get rid go. That's when they got, the guy turns into a Yankee. So this in is five the first years. ever lottery. They do it like uh, the NBA does it now. I was and, wondering. So what, mm -hmm. were they, what did they do previously? Previously, it was, it was just whoever finished last in the league got first pick. Okay. Right, and so on. Um, now they entered in a lottery. I think the worst they could do this year since they were. 62 and 100 or whatever they finished uh was ninth so the worst they could do was ninth and obviously the best they could do is first and they got first so how did they do that because i saw somebody move from 13th to 5th 13th to 5th so i think it might be a little a couple so more i don't know the full details of how the lottery works but i assume i if it i'm pretty sure it's it's the same as the nba interesting which i'm also not sure how it works <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty fucking pumped to see but, uh, who you guys like, get. It's like, so if you, finish la if you finish dead last in the league, you get the most entries, right? For, for first mm -hmm. pick or whatever. Yeah. And then so on. And so if you finish last, you're going to have the best chance to get the first pick. Yeah, I if think you finish a second, you're going to have the second, or second to last, you're going to have the second best chance to get the first pick. I'm curious so if it's all non-playoff teams that get into the lottery. I would assume, yeah. Because that's how they do it in basketball, pretty mm -hmm. sure. But yeah, Here, here's the thing about baseball. Baseball is such a classic American game. And anytime anybody brings up changing like rules, like this fantasy draft thing, mm -hmm. people, the traditionalists have a fit. Right. And Absolute so, shit. So I'm surprised that this is a new thing that they're, this is new, right? Yeah, this is new. And it's then, you year. know, getting away, like they had the, the designated hitter, so which this, yeah, it's 2023. There, well, there was almost, there, there was almost a, um, uh, what's it called when they don't play? Then they don't start to see uh, a, a holdout or whatever yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Uh, this year because the the players' association and the owners were negotiating for for like a long time and it came up right literally like the last moment they they came to an agreement because yeah that there is a lot of things that certain they don't want to change or the the, the owners want to change a lot of things because they know that the game is evolving the fans are evolving they want to see different things more action this kind of stuff yeah so they got rid of the shift right so that's going to create more offense so that's what people want to see there's a pitch clock now so the games are going to be faster also more high pace they're looking into the um ai umpire right yeah so that's in um triple a which i, believe, I no? I, is it in AAA? It's, definitely, usually, it's definitely in one of the leagues. So that's what they usually do. They usually <laughs> test things out in the minors, see how they work, and then um, and then if if they're successful there, then they uh, implement it in the, at the major league level. Like they're, the bases are changing. They're actually adding three inches to the base this year, which is good. It's going to probably help prevent some injuries and yeah you know, stuff. I like guess that. easier to get. On I, the base I honestly wish too. that 
FIFA would be more open to some of like things to make games more wide open and more mm -hmm. exciting. But the moment an American suggests anything about football, European football, soccer, are we allowed to call it soccer? Yeah, the yeah, moment soccer. that an American suggests anything about soccer, we're all idiots and we're not allowed to have an opinion. But I, I get it and, and like they're right in some respects, but I think that there could be some things that they could do in soccer to make the game more wide open. Do you have any ideas? Well, there could be some tweaking to the offsides rule, for sure. I, I, you know what? I won't disagree with that. I, there could be like a blue line type how they did in hockey. And, and then, you know, when they, instead of going to PKs in, in overtime, I haven't thought too much about this, but like start removing players. Make the game more wide open. Like first overtime, there's two guys, it's, two less guys on the pitch. In soccer, that is so hard just because you're so tired PK, after 90 minutes. Of course, yeah. PKs are pretty dope, though. People love watching PKs. Yeah. The problem is like um, the ex I think the extra time definitely something has to happen. 100. percent Like they're like if they're ever wait no there is never extra time. Well, if, if the, in World Cup there is there's extra time. Yeah. Not, like, and then there's like sudden death, right? They yeah. team scores, they win, and then there's PKs. That's the transition. Yeah. yeah. Not in FIFA though. Mm. Not in um, the World no, Cup. No, I think it is in the World Cup. I mean, it's it's obviously an amazing game to watch, and I've enjoyed watching the World Cup, even though Mexico's out, United States is out. It's so much fun to watch right now. Yeah, I've been waking up early. <laughs> Yo, me too. Like, when the games were at 2 a.m., I was just wide awake. I was like, what's going on? Who's playing right now? It's so exciting. <laughs> well, like, I'm an old man. I'm, a, I'm not waking up at 2. Well, I, mean, I, go to, <laughs> I go to sleep at, like, 7, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Nine years, 360 million. Is what it took. Send in the judge. Bring All rise. in the judge. All rise. No, it's I mean, time that's, for the judge. He's like by far the best baseball player, right? Um, he was last year. Yes, I, last year he was. I'm not sure like if we could say that. They're, 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 probably, they're probably paying for what he did last year. Yeah. Honestly, when it comes down and to And he it, held out last year and didn't sign. And so he, he put his, you know, his put, put his money where his mouth he is. He put his balls on the table. Or, but yeah. I, but I think mm -hmm. we offered him a, and it worked out. a seven or eight year, $212 million contract, which was absolutely the stupidest thing the Yankees could have done. Right. Because as um, somebody said on ESPN today, the Yankees paid a stupid tax. $80 million, basically, because we could have got him for like seven years, eight years, 280 last it, year. It feels like inflation in baseball hasn't really been that drastic. Like I remember decades ago, at least, Alex Rodriguez signed a quarter of a billion contract. That was a very, very, very long contract. I feel like that was like a 12 or 13 year contract. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, you're talking about the, the, the Rangers, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was a 10 year. Yeah, it was, it was 25 million a year. I remember but that. But that was okay. so long ago, and that number is that was similar. That was kind of unheard of. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was unheard of. That's for sure. But when time. you look at the inflation of like NFL contracts, they're just like going through the roof. And then you look at what Cristiano Ronaldo was on. Oh my well, God. That's, yeah. That's, that's another crazy. To go to Saudi Arabia. That's, that's on a whole another level. ballpark. Apparently, I don't know if he's going to go, though. I, every, you know what's weird is like everybody has a dollar amount in yeah. their mind where they're willing to do certain things. But, I mean, when you're that rich, like, maybe you don't have to you do You don't really care. Yeah. Like, quality of life is way more important and stuff like yeah. that. And maybe you don't want to be in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You know, like, so actually, I wanted to ask you guys. So, San Fran and the Padres supposedly offered Judge more money. So, let's say $400 million, An extra $40 million. What increase on salary would you need to go somewhere you don't want to be 
as opposed to somewhere you you like have a home. At those levels of money, there's it. There almost isn't a number. He's already right? a rich man. Right. That's what I mean. When, yeah. when you when you're when you're offered three hundred million dollars, like. I, I want to be happy where I'm at and having $600 million and being not happy where I'm at, that the extra 600, the extra 300 million is not going to change my life. I don't agree. Right? We're talking so about like, San Diego though. Come but, on. I, mean, I was so surprised. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love San Diego. I, I, I would probably go to San Diego because I like San Diego. You would Dude, be the yeah. king of the town. Right? I was yeah. so thrown off when I found out that San Diego came in with a fucking huge offer. Yo, San Diego is not feeling good right now. They no. just got turned down by Trey Turner and Aaron mm -hmm. Judge, and they are off. They are literally throwing the balance sheet at him. Yeah, <laughs> they, they offered really Trey are. Turner, I think, three hundred and forty-two million. And he said uh -uh. over eleven years, and he's like, "I'm going to go play with the Phillies in <laughs> there, Philadelphia." There, there is something about being the king of New York, though. Like exactly, when, that is true. There's you, nothing like being in those pinstripes. And, and not that only is, that, just the lifestyle of you're basically like an A-list celebrity, right? When you're, yeah. you know, the the top sports ball person. Derek, in take New York. Derek Jeter. Top for sports. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Jeter, honestly, yeah, like I think Joe Namath, you know, mm -hmm. think guys like that. Yeah, uh, like they're just like kings of the world. Yeah, right? and honestly, yeah. Derek Jeter is like literally. I don't know. He was definitely my idol growing and, up, and, and I can't imagine how many people he impacted be, by being such a good mm -hmm. person. Even like, I think even like people that are not from new york or you know even not even baseball they like to see this like they see he's loyal to his team right mm. he even though he signed this amazingly huge contract like he didn't go somewhere else for a little mm. bit more money right because then then it's like people look at you different and you know that weighs on people I people want to be liked and now he's staying in new york he's going to be a you know i assume he's going to be a yankee for life or for, or for pretty close to it yep. and uh he's going to be adored by you know, Yankee fans, as I mean, long as he performs. I think there's something <laughs> along the lines when it comes to even his own sort of self-interest when it comes to legacy and prestige, right? Because okay. the Yankees mm -hmm. are one of the most, if not the most prestigious team in baseball. They are, yeah. And the legacy that he's going to have with right. staying with the team, not even from a loyalistic so many aspect, legends, right? He's just at this point the generational talent mm -hmm. yeah. of the Yankees, and he can like hang his cap on that when he retires. It's right. also worth another extra, I don't know, half a billion. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, there's, you want to, you just want to the be straight value right. You want contract. to be thrown in the mix of the Babe Ruth and the Mickey Mantles and the Derek Cheaters and, all, you know, the Joe DiMaggio's. Of, right. It's a better longevity like group, type of thing right. when it yeah. comes to his legacy as a whole versus the, call it journeyman, all-star approach where you're just kind of securing the bag. Yeah. At least from being on the Yankees. It's different if he was on a team that was kind of mid and then got a contract Agreed. to go to the Giants or the Yankees and stuff, and then you take it and then become that person like there. Like the Pirates, like everybody that ever... Ever right. So, like, if he system. got a, if he got like a bigger contract from the Pirates, <laughs> it's like, now. eh. Pirates have, a, for the Pirates. Pirates have a rich history. <laughs> they do. They actually, do. I actually heard this word mid for the first time about three weeks ago or so. Nice. He was probably fucking talking about fucking Daniel Jones. No, somebody uh. tweet, somebody tweeted at me and called me mid. <laughs> you don't want to be mid, bro. Fuck. So I was like. That's is that an acronym? Like, uh, <laughs> no, it just means you're so, average. I know. I went to I went to Urban Dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, just go to me. I got you for all I the, know, all the young young vernacular. <laughs> you know, like good. yeah, like taking the contract to San Diego is pretty mid. You yeah. know, it's pretty based. Yeah, and, and obviously, I'm thinking about this from a whole life perspective. I mean, even going out to eat at a restaurant in New York just has this like yeah. you know, there's reservations. Like they clear the way for you. 
the ex dining experience, getting mm -hmm. dropped off in your limousine, like that shit doesn't happen in San Diego. No. It's the king right. of New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, when you live on- A whole in, different scene. Yeah, when you live like on that level in New York, there's probably no place to live other than New York. Mm -hmm. Like New York, is, it's popping when you're on that level. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're mid, you don't want to be in fucking New York, right? <laughs> so, so, so if you if you don't want to be mid, obviously you want to be elevated to the from that. Like, what what are we going to use? You want to be there? based. Based. Very <laughs> based. Yeah. Okay. So there's cringe, mid, and based. You okay. don't want to be cringe. Cringe you definitely is the worst. Don't want to be, cringe is the worst. You definitely don't want to be mid. Mid is in but the middle. Judge taking the contract for less money, staying in New York, is a very based move mm -hmm. for his career and his lifestyle. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Love to see it. Nice. Love to see people succeed. I, I agree. So Johnny, you got some little swag promotion going on. Yeah, I mean, so I was, here's the thing is that like, we always try to give back things to our community. You guys do it all the time. I mean, we're here now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, people are always doing like likes, retweets, things like that. And I was like, I, I wanna like have people, I wanna give back to my community through like uh, giving pieces of my action away. I don't wanna sell action, obviously. Yeah. Cause I don't want to deal with the markup police. I don't want to, <laughs> I actually don't want to like lose people money either. Right. You know, of course. That, that just feels bad. And so <laughs> I, I decided like, I want to give away action to the people that support me the most. And the people that support me the most are the people that buy swag. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. Like those are the people that are logging onto my website, clicking by wearing the, into the casinos. Those are a hundred percent the people that are supporting me the most. So I'm gonna give free rolls away to them on every time I play a live stream, I'm just going to, pick someone who bought a hoodie okay. and just put them in a random drawing, pick someone and they're gonna win 1%, 2% of my action. Like tomorrow I'm playing on a WPT live stream with Andrew Nimi, Brad Owen. You, you heard know. it here first at the Only Friends podcast. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so basically what you do is you just, you just uh, go and, and you get some awesome swag and then and then you're just automatically entered into this raffle to get a piece of Yeah, you. so basically that's everybody cool. that's bought merch in the past month, uh, I'll put them in a drawing gonna be like 40 people mm -hmm. so like a one in 40 chance of winning two percent of my action tomorrow there you go tomorrow win, morning, win. i'll do a drawing and then you know the next time i go on a live stream same thing Let's the people that have bought in between that last live stream mm -hmm. and this live stream put them in a drawing that yeah. might be like five people in drawing you never know it's right. like yeah. fun sweat plus support yeah. plus uh get the merch out into the street it's the best way that i thought about like and then you want to run like god act. right and then of you course. just distribute all this money out yeah and if i lose like <laughs> they're out zero money yeah, yeah. exactly so they had a great sweat yeah, mm -hmm. they had a sweat. Yeah, I think that's a fucking great idea, honestly. I was, yeah, I, when cool. I read it, I was like, this is fucking dope. Like, this is really cool. I like how you just give back to the community like this. It's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. But so you had a nice little, um, you got the Only Friends podcast swag in the Venetian. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, Landon was talking about this. It's the podcast Run Good. Yeah. So immediately after coming on your podcast last time, I went on to final table a tournament and obviously final ta tabling a big tournament, $2,500 buy-in, card player, main event. That's not enough though when you come to the Only Friends podcast. You get a little bit extra. Yeah, you guys gave me some extra. Mm -hmm. you, you bring your brother. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother actually final tabled with me and That's it so was cool. an absolute dream. That's so based. fun mm -hmm. to just, yeah, it was based, man. There you go. <laughs> based as fuck. <laughs> um just like being there on breaks with him we we didn't really sit together too much the entire tournament we actually got seated together on day two but our table broke within the first 45 minutes or so so we didn't have to play with each other a ton which was really nice i actually really disliked playing with them mm -hmm. um you know growing up together in the streets as cash game players 
we could always just pick different tables. Like if he was playing, uh, if we were in the same town, like I would play, like if we were in San Diego, he would go to Ocean's Eleven, I would go to Seven Mile. Okay. If, if we were in Vegas, he would go to Aria, I would go to Bellagio, you know? So it was like, we could always avoid each other in, in cash games. Mm -hmm. So we've actually never really played together that much. That's actually cool. Yeah, so it was kind of cool being at the same, same table as him for the final table and watching him and just his presence. He has a really good table presence mm -hmm. and it, it's a reminder to myself, like, damn, I need to really step it up. Yeah, your brother works on like a lot of that stuff, it seems. Like he's very, very good on table presence and like, just being in the moment. Yeah, I also didn't want to make any mistakes in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get torched in the group yeah, chat? Right? Because, you know, I just, I didn't want him to, like, look at me as, like, some mid-player, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, once people start talking about your markup, they just, like, kind of see you as more mid. Than mm -hmm. But uh, at the same token, like, when he's all in, and it feels like I'm all in. Yeah, of course. Right, of course, yeah, yeah. You know, we, did, uh, we disclosed to the table that we had swapped 5% like oh, that's auto, good. auto swap mm -hmm. so people knew that we had relative interest in each other obviously right. we're brothers of yeah. course we want both of our uh, and like if I lose all my chips I actually want to lose all my chips to Andrew yeah of course, of course. it's a yeah. weird in between I'm sure when people like have you gotten any reactions when you play hands in the very small stint that you played hands with Andrew yeah as to seeing hands and showdown like how do you not bet here how do you not do this this that whatever or there may be some potential thoughts of some sort of like there, soft there was collusion. a hand where <clears throat> I think Andrew raised and somebody flatted and I had ace queen in the ball blind yeah and something like that and I squeezed and everybody folded and I wanted to just show my cards yeah yeah right because yeah. mm -hmm. I'm like because Dan Colpoise was like collusion yeah <laughs> of course he said that <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I'll show my cards to the floor, like, you know, but like, we're allowed to bluff too. Right, right. of course. You know, yeah. we're, we're allowed to like, you know, what if I had like ace, ace two soft? But that is like you know? a weird dynamic where it's like in the back of your mind, you're like, what are they thinking when I do this? Or what are they, yeah. they thinking this looks weird? Or, yeah. you know, you know and you're just playing said, like, normally. You know what somebody cool, like Coldplay says? It's kind of a joke. He like, was joking. Yeah, he was 100%. Yeah, right. yeah. And he's also going to say it every time it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was 100% joking. Yeah. yeah. Um, shout out to Frank. He just uh, sent us a super chat. Yeah. He says, about to start day two of the WPT 200K guarantee. Okay, 25 big go. blinds. Any advice? Tips? Also, Conrad, Matt, keep it down in the poker room. Jeez. Listen, <laughs> Frank, we're having a party, all right? This is what we do. Landon, how should he play this 25 but, big Landon, give stack. this man some tips. Yeah, you don't want to play many calls. You want to play more three bets out of position and in position and in rejams, where you don't want to have a capped range and try to win pots uncontested. So when someone RFIs, you want to play three better fold mostly, unless you're button. If uh, someone opens and you're in the blinds, like out of position, you mostly want to be rejamming with pairs instead of like flatting, and uh, playing less post flop because chips are worth more to protect. And there you there go. you go. If you bust, it's Lana's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up for a Sulfur Y Academy. Jeez. Yeah. You get access you to get, this. You get, you, yeah, you'll get like uh, three days of that. You know what's interesting about, about Landon uh, talking about some strategy here? We, there was a post on Twitter not too long ago where you had jammed pocket sixes for like 30 big blinds or something. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, I remember looking it up and then like seeing some discourse back and forth on whether it was correct or not. And you thought it was, it was punch, threes. Right? It was actually threes. It was, was well, if it was from our, a WSOP tournament, it was when cutoff open, I jammed threes for 30 bigs in the 5K. Okay, that, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and truth be told, I was in this tournament 
uh, we were down to 12 players and I had 32 bigs or something and but <laughs> button opens for button, button opens for men and I have sixes in the in the big and I'm just like well if Landon says it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I sh I sailed it in there and he snap called me. Do you want to blame him for anything now? And he had Ace King. <laughs> and you and won. And I won a four million chip pot. Yes. Ooh, there you go. See, and that propelled me to the final Bang. table. See, see, you know what it is? Is when things and instances like this happen and they work out in favor, it's always, oh shit, this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. Or you get the fold pre and it's like, oh, I would flat here mostly and now I'm trying to do something new. When you get the good positive feedback, it's just like a very big sigh of relief. When you get the negative <laughs> yeah, feedback, you're like, why like, would I do that? Yeah, it's like, you're like sitting on the fence. Yeah, like, you're just like, yeah. why the f I would never fucking do this. This dumb fucking kid knows nothing. Right? This fucking idiot, 12 left, he has no one to fucking win a tournament. Yeah. But then you win the flip and you're like, wow, oh. I can win the tournament. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and it, it was, that was probably the most, it was definitely the most fun I've ever had playing poker. But that flip for me was, not the highest equity or anything like that, but it was the most fun because Andrew was there to witness it. He mm -hmm. was sitting next yeah. to me. And like, if I win that flip, we, well. we basically go to the final table. <laughs> yeah, so you felt something. Yeah. What, uh, what yeah. I will say is with sixes, it might actually mix flats and you want to jam like deuces, threes, and fours because the sixes kind of block his R5 folds, hmm. right? If he buttons opening six, seven, six, five, a six, king, six, queen, six, you actually want to have deuces, threes, and fours where you unblock his queen, six, that's going to R5 and then fold. Yeah. So deuces and threes are like, quote unquote, better hands to jam because they unblock the folds. So you get called less. Yeah. If you want to hear more about this, I know where you can find it. We just released another episode of the Poker Out Loud. Not yes. the friends, not the fun shit. No, no, no. It's not this the is fun the, shit. This is the real deal. You're going to learn something. You're gonna, you're gonna, you might learn something other than what, why the fuck Landon and Burger are taking so goddamn long. Mm -hmm. Mr. Clean likes to hear himself speak, man. <laughs> That's right. It's actually kind of interesting because my hand could consider fast playing or I could consider flatting. I think I'm usually behind if all the money goes in. I think his range uh, is going to contain quite a bit of a sex, so I'm going to start with a small bet. Michael's doing a good job here of leaving money behind, making it harder for some of my marginal hands. Very bad river card for me. I was going to just go all in, in, in pretty much any river. I think the only automatic call he's going to have is pocket kings, uh, whereas pocket aces is somewhat likely to trap me on the turn. I'm getting a very good price, of course. Um, here. Um. So we just released episode 13. It was supposed to come out um, Monday, but I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know what happened was no no what what, what actually happened was what uh, should have happened what, what should have happened was it should have should have been released on Monday but Pigtails is so good that they had the last couple episodes done beforehand and then usually I get a, like a text on Monday morning like hey this is ready you can a put reminder. it up right yeah a reminder and I didn't get that because they were already done with my number two didn't your text your number two didn't no you he doesn't do anything. 
You know he what? Does, he doesn't. He he just to... he just makes the content. I I put it up. Um, but yeah. So uh, episode thirteen for all of the uh, subscribers is now available. And if you want to uh, see those episodes, you can go to solverwide.io and sign up for a two week free trial and check out everything we have to offer. Someone who has no vested interest, like no financial gain in this, or none. The best, uh, when you combine entertainment value with educational value, it's so easy to sit through an entire episode and not be bored. Yeah. You know, but when you normally watch poker content, educational poker content, to sit through 35 minutes of educational poker content mm -hmm. can put you to sleep sometimes. Right. <laughs> it can sometimes sure, feel sure. like a task. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, I love it. I, I, uh, that's, one of the main things that I watch on your guys' channel. And, and oh, thank you. Yeah, that's a, definitely a testament to, you know, these guys who make the content and then, uh, you know, a Pigtails production for uh, the way they edit it and I mean, put it all together. Pigtails just a bunch of goats. Yeah. yeah. We, you know what we should do one day? We should play some of their fucking, their, um, their clips on YouTube. So the short stories. Short, oh, yeah. They got that's some what good we stuff. should do yeah. one day. Mm -hmm. Because they have some fucking great, shit and really I, good stuff some things that like i never would have seen that Corey just randomly is like yo do you know that pigtails has a youtube channel yeah <laughs> and i just started going down a rabbit hole and i was like yo this stuff is so good mm -hmm. they're really good at comedy yeah. really i, good I wanted out. to i wanted to touch on something that landon was saying about yeah. the deuces threes and the fours and sixes house sixes yes i'm back in yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know one of the things that I uh, promote on my channel is Range Converter. It's like a, a software where it shows you these things, like you should be jamming these hands and you should be flatting these hands and at this frequencies and things like that. But it tells you what to do, but making the leap of like why you want to do these things mm -hmm. is so hard to figure out on your own. Yeah. And like Landon perfectly explained why, you know. It's about taking the extra step. Yeah, like, but you have to see the patterns yourself. Like, nobody's gonna you, or you have to have a Landon in your life. Yeah, you know, or, or subscribe to like Software Y to like get Landon. Yeah. You know, the point is, <laughs> is right. that like we can we can use these software tools and we can learn these ranges, but un, unless we understand like why certain hands do certain things, it's gonna be impossible to memorize. Yep. We have to know the why. One yeah. day someone will value me as much as you value me. And I can't wait for that for me. <laughs> you know, we value Johnny, you. Johnny, honestly, you come in here, you talk about lights, you talk about fucking thumbnails, you give him praise. I'm trying to get the invite back. I want the run good. Oh you know? my oh, I God, think you, I, think you, like, I can't take it. These are the people I make fun of every day. <laughs> no, the, last time I, the last time I came on, I immediately had run good. Final table with my brother. Man, that's true. And we got the win 10K coming up. Yeah, you know, so this there is you the go. Best time I guess you're just going to final table it. Listen, listen. Don't not, forget about the little people around here when you win this thing. <laughs> There's no such thing as pure altruism, you know? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, it's, not a, it's not all self. It's sometimes a little self-serving. So like I kind of want to swing this back around to um, your final table with your brother. Yeah. Christy Arnett, which is your brother's wife. Wife. Basically my sister, honestly. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, wrote, uh, wrote out a tweet article, kind of, very long tweet, that basically summed up the last couple of years with you and your brother. Yeah. She, and like, she's a great storyteller. That was really good. Yeah. She, she did it in... I don't know, 15 tweets or so. Yeah. But she basically summarized the path that Andrew and I had to living the life that we're living, ultimately culminating a couple weeks ago with final tabling together in a tournament. And it, it was definitely not 
the path that I saw myself going down. Yes. You know? um, and that's kind of what I wanted to touch on. Yeah. So like in the middle of this um, tweet, she basically said that, you know, Andrew said he was moving out to Vegas and you had a job, you were doing other things in life, but instead of any, you were like, Hey, I'm going to come with you. And yeah. like, you had no, from what I can read and what I understand, it doesn't seem like you were like you wanted to be a professional poker player. No. You were just coming out here to help make sure your brother was good. Yeah. I mean, that's been the, that's the function that I've served in my entire life. And it's where I feel most at home is taking care of Andrew. Um, Cause we were so close in age and I was the oldest in the, in the house. And we had like a little bit tumultuous upbringing where I was kind of there for him in a lot of ways. Yeah. And uh, so when he wanted to leave to go to Vegas, obviously I was worried about him, you know, especially when he's telling me that he's going to go gamble and play poker. In my mind, it was gambling. Yeah. At know? this time you were, you were in a working life. And... I literally had no idea what poker was. Like I, I, I knew based on rounders, okay. you know, and Andrew telling me to watch that movie <laughs> yep. and, and seeing him like, you know, when on <laughs> online and like, running around and coming home and having money in his bank account. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, he's doing something where he's like actually making money. But for myself, you know, my parents, you know, we didn't have any like going out on our own in our family. It was like, if you're going to make it in, in America, if you're going to make it in this, in this world, you're going to have to go to school and figure out, get a job mm -hmm. and, and like work in corporate America is like the dream, you know, get that 401k and yeah. all that stuff. And, so I, I did two years of school, enough to get me a software development job, uh, put all the school on credit cards and was able to pay off my credit cards within like the first five years awesome. of working as a software developer. So I was relatively debt free when Andrew was like, I wanna go to Vegas. And I had a decent amount of money in my like 401k. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna come out there and like watch over you a little bit, help you out, We'll live together. I'll pay half, like, you know, half the rent yeah. so that it eases your guys' struggle a little bit. Because Andrew and Christy were living with me in Indiana mm -hmm. when we lived there. And it's just one of those things when you're surrounded by people that have such a passion for something. They had a, but the, both of them had a passion for poker that, especially if you're really close with them, it's going to rub off on you. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I could actually, um, I, I can relate to this a lot. Like a lot. Reading this art, um, tweet, whatever you want to call it. Fred? It's just like, I relate to it so much because, so when my mom passed away, my little brother was 10, about to turn 10, I believe. And I was 26. And my little brother was deep into baseball. Like he was on the number three team in the country and he's just really good at baseball. And like he was doing good in school. And I, I didn't want anything to change. And, you know, as my mom was passing, it's like, I guess he's like, where is he going to go? And there was a moment where I just, I was like, I'm, he's staying with me and like, he's not going anywhere. And I had to, you know, I had to convince his father, AKA run up in his house, right in the fight. <laughs> you think I'm joking? You think I'm joking? No, I don't. The day before yeah. my mom passed away, I, we knew it was happening basically. And I literally went to, drove to his house in Harlem. I went inside his mom's apartment house, whatever, and, and I was like, listen, I don't care what you say, and I don't think this is going to be a good conversation because I know you want your son, but he's staying with me, and we're going to continue life as is. And, like, I was re I, literally everything. How old was mm -hmm. he? He was 10. Oh, wow. So that, That's it, huge, man. That's a, so, that's a mm -hmm. big move. It, it, like, so, like, when I'm reading this, like, you kind of, like, 
you left your life kind of for your brother and yeah. like like not left but you know you could do things other places and you can move stuff around and i kind of felt i felt so much reading it yeah but at the same token like he was saving my life in a lot of ways mm -hmm. no yeah. absolutely yeah. And, and like don't oh, trust me when it comes down to it <laughs> 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 when it comes down to it my little brother saved my life as yeah, well yeah. you know like um yeah it, it, it is kind of crazy to think about and honestly like where we are at today i don't think that he would be where he is I, in fact i know he wouldn't be where he is without christy mm -hmm. and without myself yeah. because like we 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 had this like structure or this this three-way triangle of like helping <clears throat> each other out you know mm -hmm. if i went to Europe and spent all, lost all my money in Barcelona. He would put me back in the game if I, you know, spent all my money and couldn't pay my taxes. He loaned me money for taxes. If he, he, you guys ran, just use each other as a support system. If he ran it down to nothing, I actually liquidated my four hundred one k and like gave him a bankroll. You know, yeah. so mm -hmm. there was various points where we would, we all never went broke at the same time. That's Yeah. Yeah, uh, they, I mean, I guess you kind of feel it when you know somebody around you. Just go broke, you're like, all right, I gotta step it up. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta step it up because hey, if I go broke, then there's nothing left. Yeah, yeah that's the other thing sure. is that like uh, him elevating his game has caused me to elevate my game. Absolutely, and, and Christy and all all of that stuff. So it, there's something I can like very, very closely relate to being a triplet and having two brothers my age, um, younger sister by a couple years. But there's, I have this more more of an appreciation for the bond of brotherhood and family than I did when I was younger. Because you can always realize that these people will be constants in your life that you can count upon. And sure, you have like family and very close friends, but when there's that knowing that there is no inconsistency in the advice and the unsolicited love that they have for me as I do for them, you realize how much of a blessing it really is. Yeah. yeah. So it's so not, like it's unbelievable. I firmly believe that the quality of your life is directly proportional to the quality of your relationships. And when you have someone like a brother who who you've been through with so many things for your entire life, we're so close in age, that has such a positive impact on my quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been huge. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's crazy because all three of us have had this conversation, uh, me, Dalton, and Griffin, where we probably would not have been friends if we all went to the same school. Yeah. But that's what makes it what it is. Yeah, so separate, so different in life. And like, right. yeah, I mean, fuck. It's kind of like poker as well. Like, think about it. Like, you, like this, you would never meet, like, I would never meet any of you guys. Right, yeah. Not one of you guys if it wasn't for poker. Yeah. 100%. You know, maybe me, I would might have jumped, uh, bumped into Johnny at a club years ago. <laughs> you guys, I would never met at poker. Like, outside of poker. And it's like, it's, it's that bond. Like, some, mm -hmm. like you, you're bonded through something else. Family, right. poker, whatever yeah. it is, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's life. As much as, as much flack as the community gets for, like, the negativity that we're seeing online today and stuff like that. Some of my like best relationships are through poker, and and I I think there are a lot of great people in poker. Of course, there has definitely been some people that sour the reputation, mm -hmm. but um, in general, I I owe a lot to the game of poker, and I'm I'm so glad that I found it because if I didn't, I don't know if I would have left my software job, and and that life 
while it was stable. Hey, you'd be miserable right now. I don't think <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I'm, yeah. a, uh, I'm, while I'm kind of an introvert, I still thrive on social interaction mm -hmm. and, and working in a cubicle as a software developer. I'm not my, saying everybody that yeah. works, you know, works a corporate job or whatever in a cubicle. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with working just a corporate some people, job. Some people, no, right, no, yeah, some people uh, are built for that and some are not. When you so, were yeah. working your corporate or your software job, what was your mental state like? Because it wasn't like you were miserable every day. No, right? uh, and, and I actually think that this is... You know nothing else, though. Yeah, so here's the thing is that I remember there were people that I worked with who they would say that this was the worst job ever, and they would complain. And I, I would say, so what about this job don't you like, or how is this different than your previous job? And they would say, actually, my previous job was the worst job ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so I'm picking up a pattern here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you know this person. <laughs> people are who they are. And right. I'm generally a chill, laid back, go with the flow, everything's fine mm -hmm. everything's good kind of person mm -hmm. so i wasn't miserable like i enjoyed you know solving problems every day i wasn't the best coder like when when they would give us a problem like uh i needed to write the software to so that people could return something go on the website click this is defective return it there's a million ways to write the software there's a million ways to to write the graphical interface and that's fun like being the person that figures that mm -hmm. out my code was probably three times as long as some as kid, it needed to be as some kid from Stanford was yeah. <laughs> as it needed to be, you know. Um, but I enjoyed that part of the job. But mm -hmm. uh, the autonomy and the the personal freedom that I have within poker now, I didn't always have this freedom in poker. Obviously, like yeah. there were times where I was a slave to the table. I was a slave to my win yeah. rate. I was, you know, down in the dumps. Like things weren't going well. I've pride in a parking lot between cars before you know like <laughs> mm -hmm. i wouldn't have done that at my software job well, i think it's <laughs> one of the main reasons that that people get into poker right it, it, it is to have that financial freedom but the time right the the be your own boss kind of thing yeah and, for what it's worth yeah. i think we all owe a lot to poker oh for sure like when it comes down to it no matter how mm -hmm. we're living like we all owe it all to like right. a lot to poker like yeah. and the community honestly because like i don't know i think well, I think poker grew me as a person mm -hmm. and it'll grow up quick. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna come face to face with your inner demons yep. quicker in poker than in any other aspect of life. Any other aspect of life. Like yeah. you will know how you deal with losing, <laughs> you'll know how you deal with your relationships, like when things aren't going well. In one day. Yep. With, with, <laughs> yeah. Right. You also can, with winning, right? And yeah. and knowing whether to be humble or not and those kind of things when when, when times are good. Yeah. Well, yep. you just see yourself with the highs, mm -hmm. the lows, and the mid. That's yeah. kind of why uh, <laughs> the base cringe in mid, yeah. Um, it's kind of why I also really like the content space when it comes to poker, because poker in its inherent nature is a z negative EV, like yeah. a zero EV game, zero yeah. sum game, sorry, where there's winners and losers. But from the content side of things, it's me positive, where everybody can win. So being part of the promotion and production of uh, public things being a podcast, doing Twitch streams, that is something that can provide EV from an entertainment standpoint, which doesn't have to inherently be zero sum. Correct. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And that's yeah. why I really like being able to be a part of it. Yeah. And I, it, when who you are through your content is, it's not like an act, like we are just who we are. Yeah. And I am in generally a laid back person. I, I don't like to fall into negative holes. And like, if something on Twitter is like negative, I'll 
mute or block or yeah, things yeah. like that. I usually curse them out, but I'm trying to get better. Yeah. <laughs> but what's crazy is that in the content space, negativity and drama gets rewarded. Yeah. You know, so like the more you are adversarial, the more you talk shit to other people, the more you are. There are ways to zero telling some other people you're scammer or things like that. You actually build up a bigger following and you get more attention. Yeah. But it's just never something that I have wanted to do or even entertain because you can't separate it. If you are doing that for content, it's seep that energy is seeping over into your real life. Real life, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and, for sure. And it's no way to live. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, I, one of the one of the compliments that I've recently gotten, just by someone that was at the win, that ended up seeing me from the podcast, and I just predicted a tournament, and I was like, oh, do you want to just, like continue the conversation and get lunch? Is he said to me, uh, who does watch the podcast? So. Up. <laughs> he, said, uh, he said that I'm the same person on and off of the show. Yeah. And that means a lot to me from an authentic standpoint where I can vouch for that. If I can some, also like if vouch someone that. comes up to me, it's like, this isn't an act, right? Mm -hmm. The fitness stuff that I do, whatever, like posting that I'm drinking raw eggs and shit. That's that's real, yeah, you know, yeah. and I am, and I want it's disgusting, to be but real. What uh, I represent, Con Conrad too, you too. Like, let's get it popping. Like, I, mm -hmm. I walk into the, <laughs> you know, I walk into the meetup last night, and I see, I see Conrad. He's like, let's get it popping. There's no camera on, him. right? No. Exactly. This is how we live, man. Mm -hmm. You know. So before we get out of here, I was reading the chat, and the people want to know. What's up with this RV? I don't even know what they're talking about. Oh, it's the last video I uploaded. Okay. So it was just a little experiment. You see how fucking shit I have in my job? The <laughs> last video you uploaded? No, no, it was three weeks ago. Oh, like, okay, you know, okay, good. I'm supposed to like update people on YouTube with like what's going on, but I get sidetracked and I final table tournament. Oh! <laughs> it's tough. Uh, anyway, sorry, sorry community, he has to hit the final table. No, 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 so um, I haven't updated my community with the next video, but okay. basically it was, we traveled around for three weeks and rented a van. Oh yeah, and, we uh, talked about that. Yeah, and it was it was fun, but it was it was not for me. Not for you? No. Yeah. I so, mean, so you bought the van? Uh, no, we rented. Oh, oh okay, okay, yeah, okay. We rented, and I thought it would be a fun adventure, and it was a fun adventure, but um, it was definitely not good for productivity. It was not good for um, playing poker. It seems like a lot of fucking work. It man. was not good for my intimate life with Olga. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it, but um, I I do recommend like I'll probably do it again for like a weekend or something. But yeah. for three weeks, nah, nah, yeah. not for me. Yeah, I, I could see myself when I saw you doing. It, I was like, I could definitely see myself doing this for at least a week, maybe two. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I could do it any longer. Than Part that. of the problem is there's no shower in the van. Yeah. And, and there's no bathroom. Mm, so you have yeah. to really be tactical uh, about where you park. You know, like yeah. where the facilities are. All right, maybe I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> they do have they do have some vans that have bathrooms and, okay but now you're like you're you're going to the bathroom where you're sleeping basically yeah yeah it sounds rough <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend kicked me out of this van it sounds like <laughs> well on that note johnny thank you so much you. for hanging with yep. us blessing uh, and honor you know we love these high quality times with you i, I need to get my brother in here Absolutely. Actually, let's do it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I would love to come on with him, but like, yeah, um, we can do maybe, that. Maybe one that day work. that you guys are light a little bit. Mm -hmm. No, honestly, whenever he wants to come on, just tell him to hit us up. Yeah. So he, he's uh, he's wise. He he like he's not a he's not a man of many words, but when he speaks, it's like on point. Especially when he's telling me about poker. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but one time I was telling him about hand history, and 
he literally looked at me and said, I want you to take the strategy that you're telling me and I want you to put it over here, right in the garbage. <laughs> now that's based. That's so based. You need somebody like that in yeah. your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Someone's got to keep it real with you. Yeah. Right. On that note, thank you for rocking with us. We appreciate you guys, and we will be back tomorrow with my boy Seti, the poker traveler, will be in the building. So I'm pretty excited for that. Again, thank you, Johnny. And from the Only Friends podcast, we out. Please Peace. don't put us in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs>